Morning. Morning, Gormaj. Good to see your face. We are Good here. Yeah, seeing some other devotees there. Omkar. Here's Omkar, Bekpi, Kishangi, yeah. and Andalal from Shilanari Marjish Sangha. And then nice, Kamala, nice to be with you. Kamalaksh is hiding somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have, would you like to give an, an update first or should we just jump into the questions? Well, uh, a small update on my forthcoming book, Circle of Friends, is that the, uh, the index has been finished by um, Gorvani and Madan Gopal and Rinaranya has um, entered it into the uh, layout and so it'll be sent, I guess, today or <clears throat> soon to Saki who will proofread that and then we'll wait for you, Gurnista, to finish the cover and it'll be done. So that's... Uh, Good news. And um, meanwhile, I'm working on my other little book, Saki Pranay. Very poetic, uh, short book. Happy with that. Um, I should mention that I, I, I've finished it, but what that means <laughs> in my mind is that uh, it has a long way to go still. Uh, but it's like you say, the house is finished, you just need some trim, you know. And then the last, you know, part finished touches take usually as long as the rest of the house to construct. So, you know, there's editing and proofreading and um, design and so on and so forth. But um, that book will come out much, much sooner than the short book. That's the update. Why don't we go ahead and take the questions? I can't hear you now, Gernishton. Sorry about that. So the first question is from Sajan. Okay, Sajjan. Kijai. Dandavats Maharaj. Can't hear you, Sajjan. Oh, okay. Let's see. We've got... Uh... Maharaj, did you do the Eng- English and mute original? Okay. Can you hear me now? I did, and yes, I can hear you now. Okay, very good, yes. <clears throat> Thank you. So, um, a couple of months ago, um, I asked a question about um, the offenses to the holy name. and at that time, uh, one of the things you mentioned in the course of your response was, um, can Krishna become offended? Yes. That was what you said at that time. And so, um, since we have heard that religion, real religion means proper adjustment, I was wondering how we could harmonize that statement that you made uh, with, um, for example, th- this story about Brigu Muni uh, kicking Lord Vishnu in the chest, and Lord Vishnu not only not becoming offended, but feeling that he had offended Brigu Muni, um, as you know the story, of course. So mm-hmm. how can we harmonize those two um, um, uh, ideas? Well, I think that... Um it's clear that some people act in ways that are uh, overtly offensive to Krishna. Mm. Like saying his form is an illusion. (laughs) Uh, He would take exception to that. Mm. And, um, and what to speak then of in the context of the Leela, the way in which certain people, um, Served, if you will, as adversaries and, uh, and, uh, and even tried to, uh, tried to kill him and so on and so forth. Um, so he takes exception to that type of activity or, um, it could be looked at in another way in, in, in that, of course, in the context of such overtly offensive words and actions, Krishna liberates those um, adversaries or uh, uh, demons. And um, in that sense, it would appear that he really overlooks their offensive behavior. When Krishna liberated Agasur, the, the, the Devas, they just couldn't believe it. 
uh, it's said that um, there were um, redemption songs, songs of freedom, <laughs> vibrating in the uh, in the uh, not only the heavenly planets, but in the um, uh, Tapalog, Siddalog, Mahalor, Mahalog. These are lokas that are considered to be uh destinations within material existence for for celibates brahmacharis from which it's easy comparatively to attain liberation because the whole whole place is set up to be conducive to that mm-hmm. and in those places even these uh, they were singing celebrating songs of freedom and brahma who was near near right brahmaloka if you will he heard those those songs from Tapalok, Mahalo, Maharlok, and so forth. And what were they all saying? They were like, oh my God, this person who is Agas, or Aga means sin, he was thought to be sin personified, has been liberated. In the context of trying to devour not only Krishna, but all of his friends, and by way of swallowing and and uh, destroying his friends, uh, you know, the hopes and uh, aspirations of everybody in Brudge is a very, de- very demonic um, figure, if you will. And Krishna gave him liberation. Hmm? Right? Krishna went and entered inside of his mouth following his friends, and um, his heart swelling in Karunya Rasa. <laughs> for his friends and August really embarrassed by that <laughs> he, he, he wanted to swallow them up and and as a result he thought Krishna would lose heart and he'd be easier to, to defeat as, as, as well but seeing the compassion of Krishna feeling the radiance of the compassion of his heart for his friends and so forth. Well, uh, Aga's own heart uh, melted and he became by Krishna's grace qualified for liberation. But of course, he was uh, had to come out of his head. So, right, he came <laughs> out. And then he had to wait for Krishna to come out of his out of his mouth. Um, at which point he entered into the into the body of Krishna. So, these. Uh, the defeat, if you will, or the, the slaying, if you will, of these demons can be seen as rather the liberation of these demons. And the Krishna's not taking any offense. Right. Right. Putana, Putana, Putana tried to, uh, poison him. What could be more dastardly than that? You know, the mother puts poison on breast and gets, tries to poison her infant, you know. Child, it's a big news story. Um, it would be would be in today's world. So, uh, but, but Krishna accepted her as a mother and uh, liberated her. Of course, she was slain in the context of that, and you have to die to be liberated, right? So, sometimes uh, Krishna's looked at in this way by the devotees, and for good reason. And as such. Learned devotees, like who could be more learned than Uddhava, who is the, who is the, um, Shastric advisor of Krishna in, in, uh, in Dwarka. He said, Ho Bakiyam Stanakalakutam. He said, Oh, who could be more, uh, merciful than Krishna? Hmm? Putana, by putting poison on her breast, tried to slay him as an infant, and he gave her a form of Vatsalirasa accepted her as a mother. Inconceivable. So he, he concludes, and this is Uddhava, you have to understand who he is as a figure in the in the Leela, very very intelligent, wise, uh Shastravit, fully informed about uh, the uh, argument of the scriptures, the revelation. And he said, So who in the right mind would take shelter of anyone else? given how merciful he is. So this is um, often how the devotees look at uh, 
Krishna's acts or Krishna's response in relation to those who are overtly offensive. So you can say, as you're kind of asking about, uh, you cite the example of, of Brigamuni and the Brahmin kicking the, the chest of, of Narayan and Narayan taking it as a blessing and so forth. Well, that's an example, I suppose you could say, that Krishna's teaching uh, how to respect in the world Brahmins hmm, who are the bearers of religious uh, uh, the, well, the um, overseers of religious rites and and, and and so on and so forth. Uh, the teachers in the Vedic society, and they would teach by ideally by example. Of course, that has been corrupted in the Kali Yuga. That's that's we find that at the onset of the Bhagavatam, the medical class has been corrupted. But um, so he wanted to teach in that way, right? But he didn't accept offense. So how can we harmonize all this with my statement that he, he accepts offense? One way to look at that is that, that the devotees, they take offense that someone has acted that way in relation to Krishna. And so if the devotees take offense, then, then Krishna uh, acknowledges that and it goes on record. If my devote, if you have upset my devotees, then you've upset me. Mm-hmm. Then I'm upset. And so then there'll be repercussions, right? And of course, if, if another way to look at that is that Krishna accepts offenses, well, he may not accept any offenses to himself in the way in which we're talking about it, right? Yes. But still we say that Krishna accepts offenses. So another way to look at that is if his devotees are offended, then he accepts that offense. Mm-hmm. So he accepts the offense when devotees are offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he doesn't accept any offense. Oh, <laughs> that's very good news. Thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> and of course, if devotees are offended, that means bhakti is offended. So if, if, if one offends bhakti, this is who is the very personification, the fullest, in the fullest measure of bhakti. Bhakti has an active ingredient and a motive ingredient when these both uh, are fully manifest. We go through the actions of bhakti and sadhana bhakti. This should result in emotion, bhava. When when the action in sadhana bhakti results in the emotion of bhava bhakti, then your bhakti is really fully uh, informed, right? Mm-hmm. Fully informed. And there's a kind of a practice, if you will, in bhava bhakti that's fully informed. Uh, that churns Baba into, into, into praying. Hmm? So, um, so what was the point? So, uh, I got a little distracted there with my own, uh, thoughts, but, um, hmm. uh, but Bhakti, hmm, is, Fully man, fully expressed, if you will, or fully, most fully represented from an emotional point of view, from a bhava point of view, in the person of Radha. So, mabhav, swarupini, right? She's the form of the, of the fullest expression of uh, emotional, trans psychological, emotional love for Krishna. Her name is Radha. Means who, who is the best worshiper, right? Yes. Right? So, the word aparad is, re- is, is related. Oh, aparad. It goes against, <laughs> it goes against worship. It goes against worship. <laughs> to go against worship. It means to go, so in a full sense, it means to go against Radha, who is the personification of, of the fullest idea of, of worship, of love. So, you can imagine. Krishna doesn't take offense, but if someone offends Radha, do you think he will be offended? Well, mm-hmm. I think he has cause for that. Jai, Radha Govinda ki jai. Jai, thank you so much, Maharaj. Jai. Okay. All right, the next question is from here. It's from uh, Pepe, Omkar's uh, partner. It goes like this. Um, shoot. 
repeatedly I have noticed that in Hinduism, Vishnu is seen as the fountainhead of divinity and Krishna as his incarnation. At what point in Vaishnavism did this order get reversed so that Krishna is uh, instead the highest personality? Good question. Yes, Vishnu is God. Narayana, Vishnu, means all-pervasive. Narayana, in whom everyone is contained, right? Everything is sheltered within him. So, he and he has different sides of himself, if you will, like a person has different emotions and expresses them and then appears differently to different people while expressing those emotions. So these are the different, uh, and unlimited they are, but the, uh, these emotions are the, um, the different expansions and avatars of Narayan, right? Uh, we look at them, some of them historically, some of them as um, allegorically. Um, but when we say allegorically with regard to, you know, your Baraha or Gurma uh, Matsya uh, and so forth, it doesn't mean they don't exist in Vaikuntha. Hmm? Um, um, so anyway, that's a side point. But different avatars, they, uh, how many are them? Bhagavatam says, Asamkhya uncountable, innumerable faces of God. And Narayan is God. So the common um, understanding is that that Krishna is one of the faces of Narayan. Right? And so your question, uh, pertinent, when did that change? Well, it, it didn't really change. I guess uh, it's always, there's always been the fact that Krishna is the source of Narayan. But when did, when did, when did this theological insight drawing on the sacred texts become a prominent argument or a revealed, uh, and nuanced insight? It's understandable that from a broader perspective, well, you know, Krishna is one of the faces of Narayan. Narayan is God. Revelation is something that, um, you know, develops over time. If you take a lotus flower and you put sun on it and water it, it will open. And more sun, it will open and open and open, right? It's the same flower. Everything is contained there from the beginning, but everything is not seen. So when you take the sacred text, when you take the revelation, you take the Shruti, for example. Shruti means the sounds of the of the Vedas and Upanishads, they're they are full of mantras. They're like mathematical formulas. They're like the numbers that that have personalities. You know, numbers have personalities. Uh, who was it? Um, Plato, I believe, was um, posited the idea that, that numbers have a you know transcendental um, realm, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so these mantras of the Vedas, they're, they're, they're like numbers, like equations. Mm-hmm. And this is called Shruti. It means it's heard. It has, it's not authored. Mm-hmm. Just like in math, there are two schools of math. One school is that math is discovered and the other is that it is invented. Mm-hmm. So the discovery school is a better school. <laughs> that the equations are discovered, mm-hmm. right? So, this is just to give you an idea about the Shruti. Now, then there's a second body of Vedic texts we call the Smriti. And what the Smriti is, is in, in, in general, Smriti means remembered, recollected, heard, and reflected. So it's heard, reflected upon, and reflecting upon it, you're remembering it, and reiterating it. Hmm? So this is done by the human hand. Sages, no doubt, saintly persons, but it's thought to have a, a beginning in time. In a broader sense, this Smriti doesn't have a beginning in time because it really is only something that is found in the Shruti but was brought out and made more readily understandable and available um, 
through the meditations and insights of saintly persons. So when you come to the Smriti texts, let's say, for example, a, a good example of that is the Puranas. These Puranas are like, uh, like they have a historical kind of a feeling to them. Hmm? Um, because they relate histories. Um, the Vedas are said to give commands like a king. Do this, do that, no questions asked. The Puranas are meant to instruct us to do the same things and now to do other things in a different way. Like a friend will talk to you rather than a a king. Or maybe a, a stern father will say, do this. Don't ask any question. Just do this. Don't, don't ask why. Just do this. Hmm? Now, the friend will say the same thing. You should do this. And this is, and let me tell you a story. So your friend tells you a story and through the story, an example is, is, is drawn of how you should, why you should, you should do this act because somebody in the past did this and this happened and so forth. So a friend is a different way of talking to us, right? So the Puranas are said to speak in a friendly voice. And then you have your Kavya, your real, your poetic texts. They speak to us the same truths, but in the language of a lover. Love has its own language that only the lover and beloved can understood, can understand. Why you call Omkar, whatever the things you call him, we don't know. <laughs> but you know, and he knows. <laughs> so the, that's the more, more, more secret, if you will. Um, so, so when we come to the Smriti text, then you, you, you know, in a broad sense, you're going to include texts like the Kavyas, uh, the Puranas, all the texts other than the Shruti itself. But they're all telling us what the Shruti is saying, revealing to us, what we would not on our own uh, be able to draw out. Now, when you come to the Puranas, amongst them, the number of them, there are 18, they glorify one particular Purana called the Bhagavad Purana, the name for which is Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is an effort on the part of um, its author or authors, as one may different ways to think about that on the part of Vyas, let us say, and his, his, his editors, which uh, draws heavily from Vedanta, from the Upanishads. Shuti Sara may come, it is said, in Bhagavatam. It is the Saram, the cream, the essence, it means, what rises to the top of milk. If you let it sit, right? You make it a little cold, the milk will rise, the cream will rise to the top. This is the Saram. The essence. When I was a kid, when I was young, then milkmen, we used to have milkmen who would come and drop milk at the, at the neighbor's houses in our house and so forth. There were different companies that had their milk trucks that would come around. So the mothers would look and compare hmm, which bottles of milk had the most cream, which grows to stop. And then they would buy from that dairy. <laughs> the essence of the milk, the, the richness, right? Hmm. So, Shuti come. Bhagavatam says about itself, it is the very essence of the Shruti, of the Vedas. But drawing as it, it does um, from the Sanskrit tradition, high sounding, elevated, in other words, even to pronounce the Shruti verses and mantras, it, it requires certain qualification. And if you pronounce it wrong, you're going to get an opposite effect, perhaps. So it's very high and elevated. So the Bhagavatam is an attempt to take from the Sanskrit high tradition and make it available by combining it with aesthetic, poetic considerations. Hmm. Um, and as a result, it has three voices. I said the, the Vedas have a voice like a king. The Puranas have a voice like a friend. The Kavya, the dr- dramatic text, the poetic text, have a voice like a lover, right? And we find all three voices in the Bhagavatam. Mm-hmm. He speaks like a king, speaks like a friend, he speaks like a lover. Mm-hmm. Um, 
In its onset, its introductory verses three of which there are the third, it, it defines itself also as a kavya. Nigamakalpatoro galitam falam. Sukumukod amrita drava samyutam pibatabhagatam. Rasam alayam. Rasam alayam. It is a, it is a book of rasa. Rasa is the essence of poetry. It's the very heart beat of poetry. Rasa. And rasovaisa. He is rasa. Brahman is rasa. How can Brahman be rasa? Only if rasa has, if Brahman has two components, Shakti and Shakti Man, interacting, Radha and Krishna, the two, is the two. When we say Krishna's two, Bhagavan Swayam, we're saying Krishna is the source, right, of Narayan. He's the source of all divinity. We're saying, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? We're talking about Krishna. We're talking about the Krishna who's standing next to Radha. <laughs> not any other Krishna. If he's not standing next to Radha, or if his heart is not beating for Rasa, for, for, for Radha in separation, then it's not Swayam Bhagavan. So, Brahman is Rasa, means Radha and Krishna. Rasa requires uh, both an object of love and the love itself. Krishna is the object of love. Radha is, the, is the, as we said earlier, the very personification of that love. Mahabhav, Rasa Raj, Duyek Rupa. That's another thing. Mahabhav, Radharani, Rasa Raj, Krishna, the king of Rasa. Dui, the two. Ek Rupa. They became one form. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what did he do? When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came on the scene of the world, where on earth, where the religious ideal is, 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 can be found from the primitive societies to the most sophisticated societies, one form or another, human life, religion becomes a thing. People want to do away with religion, sometimes some people, but an atheistic temperament, they want to do away with religion. And there's a thinking today that by artificial intelligence, we'll create, you know, humans and we'll demonstrate that humans are nothing more than machines. We can make a machine conscious. And by making a machine conscious, a robot, a bot, right? Conscious means it has feelings. You can talk to chat GBT, but you know, <laughs> Brenda Runny was recently told me that she was having a conversation with the chat GBT, you know, that about some philosophy and some translations and so forth. And, and she said, thank you very much. And then the chat said, thank you, Hare Krishna. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, they think that they can, you know, through artificial intelligence, which there have been so many advances in, of course, it's 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 folly to think that they're close, even near, to to creating a machine that has consciousness. The, the two things are contradictory, really. That that, that a physical um, structure, something consisting solely of physical components, which are quantitative in nature will have a qualitative experience. But it, it, that this is of course the the what's the argument called? The uh the hard hard problem hard 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 problem of consciousness. The hard problem uh coined by an Australian philosopher, I forget his name. Um Chalmers. Chalmers, yeah, yeah, Chalmers. Uh, hard problem. The hard problem is they're trying, the, the problem is they're trying to show that consciousness, mind and consciousness, mind we, we see as something that is like quasi-conscious, 
with consciousness proper can be reduced to or can be explained to being nothing but just physical stuff moving in a per- certain way in the brain and then this feeling comes well this uh, attempt to reduce consciousness to the physical is what he called the hard problem it just doesn't it doesn't it, it's too hard it, 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 they're different physical matter is non-experiential for experience to arise out of non-experience that's not going to happen so there's a school and it's growing and growing and growing that's opposed to this idea of reducing consciousness to matter and just accepting maybe consciousness is different from matter or it's 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 uh, it's not an emergent property of the brain but it's 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 it underlies all of uh physical um world and so forth that's the direction that this philosophical current with regard to consciousness which is huge you know what am i and what's out there who's asking the question what's out there this is what life's all about that's a direction it's going which is in the direction of of hinduism of vedanta the bhagavatam and so forth right so um so consciousness um how we got there uh uh so um anyway off on a tangent but uh when chaitanya mahaprabhu come, comes well it, 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 into the world hmm? i'm speaking about the, the world the world is a place where religion is always present people can try to do away with it hmm? as i was saying science may try to do away with modern materialism as a philosophy materialistic philosophy will try to do away with it and reason that there is there's no self there's no consciousness is not a there's no soul let's say and so forth and they one of the ways they're trying to do this is as i was saying is through artificial intelligence to develop a robot that has feelings right but i say if you created a robot that had feelings would you do away with religion if that robot was fully human no it would ask it would start asking why <laughs> like all humans do that's what humans do they want to know why why is a qualitative question meaning value purpose hmm? that physical stuff does not have unto itself matter only matters if it matters to us conscious beings the objective world only matters if it matters to this a subjective world the i the i am that's what's important so at any rate in the human society which is the kind of the, we look at it the, the the realm of religion the place amongst all the lokas or realms described in the bhagavatam is most conducive to um asking the religious question dharma jignasu atatu dharma jignasu now in human life as opposed to animal life insect life plant life the human body affords us the opportunity to to ask why because the consciousness is the self is more pressing it's coming more to the surface in the human form of life than it is in the lower less complex forms of life so it's asking about itself why why am i what is the purpose what is the meaning these are the questions these the answers to these questions cannot come from nature nature can push us in the direction of where we can find the answers they have to come from the world of consciousness the world the qualitative world they can't come from the quantitative world there's no why to that you understand so so in human it's in human society on earth this is the place of religion so we find over the centuries over time different insights this is theology right into the thinking about revelation there are revealed texts whether it be the bible the quran the lotus sutra you know the, the in our case the bhagavatam the gita the bhagavatam these are all um insights about the, the inner world we say go within or go without 
There's nothing out there. You want to know what's out there? Nothing. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. The real gain is, is internal. Your thoughts are fixated on things. And the things come and go. Therefore, the thoughts are constantly flickering, flickering, flickering. And there's no peace of mind. There's something that remains steady in all the flickering, and it's you. The Atma. Put your mind on the Atma. Your mind will become peaceful. No more flickering, going here, there, and everywhere. Oh, the mind, this is the sixth of the senses, right? Mind, sixth sense. You have hearing, tasting, smelling, touching, seeing, thinking. They all work because of the mind. If the senses are in touch with a thing, but the mind is somewhere else, you won't experience it. We're not fully. The mind is the place, it's it's quasi-subjective. It takes on the qualities of consciousness. It's a form of subtle matter. It takes on the qualities of consciousness. So when we, it's a vehicle, a vehicle in yoga. If we take the mind, this verse I quoted from the Gita, Udarat Atman Atmanam, Atmanam Abhasadarit, Atmaibhavatmano Bandur, Atmaibhavaripuratmanam. It is a bandhu, it is a ripu. It is the friend, it is the enemy. It is the enemy. If the mind is fixated on sense objects, for the pleasure of the senses, a material identity is going to arise out of that, which we'll be attached to, seek to protect and maintain, but cannot be cannot be maintained. Recipe for problem, right? But and so the mind is the enemy in that case. But if the mind is trained to focus within on the atma and its shelter, the paramatma. And then we are in, we can stay, remain in touch with sense objects for the pleasure of Bhagavan, for his senses. Then a spiritual identity will arise. Out of sadhana, siddha will come. In the very same way that our material identity comes, our spiritual identity will come, will come. So, in the world of religion, as I say, over time, right, different uh, experiencers, sages, have commented on that subject of world, the internal world. Hmm? Our conviction is, and we think we're subjective, that Hinduism has, has, has gone deeper into that world. Hmm? We may say God had, in some religions said God has no face. You can't give God a name because they're thinking face and name are a part of this world. But we, but in Hinduism, God's given a name, many of them, and faces, many faces, right? And they say these faces are transcendental, these names are transcendental. We've gone deeper. So, of course, we're Hindus. We, 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 so we, Vaishnavas, within Hinduism, we, 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 this is our conviction, but there's some objectivity to that. We won't go into the whole argument why, why we've chosen Hinduism over Catholicism or over Islam and so on and so forth. But, yeah, one of the reasons is because of Krishna. Krishna's two, Bhagavan, There are different faces of God. Buddha is one. Christ is one. Krishna is one. Which one is which? What is what does the Krishna represent? Oh, this is so. This this now becomes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's argument. He came on the scene, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm. Then he took the Bhagavatam amongst all these sacred texts and said, "This book, this book has all three voices. In this book is is ultimately about." It is speaking about Brahman as Rasa. Hmm? Means now the aesthetic consideration. I said there's the Sanskrit consideration, there's the aesthetic consideration. The Bhagavatam is, is these two things are brought together. Hmm? Looking at God from an aesthetic point of view hmm? 
we cannot help but which he which he is looked at in the Bhagavatam. We cannot help but conclude that Krishna is, is there is more to Krishna than Narayan. Hmm? There's more to Krishna than Narayan. Hmm. Well, that is a fact. And I will just cite something for you in this regard. I hope you appreciate this point. Namudyate bra bapuse taridambaraya gunjabatang sa puripichila sanmukaya vanyasraje kola betra vijhana benu lakshma shriye nupade pashupangajaya. This is a statement of the Bhagavatam. It's a statement made by Brahma in Bhagavatam. Now, Bhagavatam, it, um, it obviously was, uh, compiled, composed prior to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, um, different persons examined it to one extent or another, but the Chaitanya Sampradaya made this their central focus, Bhagavatam for the kind of reasons that I'm describing. And uh, in, in the Bhagavatam, uh, here we have a statement, for example, of Brahma, chief of the gods in one sense, in this world other than Vishnu, Shiva. He says, This is a very beautiful verse because Brahma is transitioning from Adikritya Das to Sakyarasa. Adikritya Dasya, he has an appointed position. Adikritya means appointed. Appointed as a servitor in this world. But in Bhagavatam, we find him in the 10th canto. He's transitioning from that ego to an ego of a friend of Krishna. In the midst of Krishna Lila, he saw Krishna's extraordinary activities uh, when Krishna manifests himself as all the calves and coward boys showed innumerable Narayans emanating from himself, Brahma saw all this. Hmm? He made this statement. Namudyate Brahm He says, Nama Idya. I offer my, my, my self, my pranam to you. Namudyate. Namo Idyate. Um, you who are like a rain cloud. Uh, the rain cloud is very friendly in India because it comes to save everyone from the scorching heat of the summer. Hmm? Uh, and, and, and you are wrapped in a in a garland in, in a garment like lightning you look like a rainbow like like a gar like a rain cloud wrapped in lightning hmm? effulgent lightning is the dress of krishna right he wears this uh, color cloth hmm? it is the is the, uh, similar to the color of radha's complexion it's tadidambaraya uh, uh, he says uh uh, and your face is resplendent framed as it is by gunja berry earrings on the two sides and paripicha by a crown or a peacock's feather your face is beautiful but these ornaments frame it and Make it more, uh, bring attention to it. And, uh, and, uh, banya sraje. You have a, a, a garland made of just leaves and flowers from the forest. The implication is, and these are things that are made by your friends. These, these, these things are gathered by your friend. They gather these gunja berries, make them into a little, Earrings, they pick up the peacock's feathers. Said, "Yeah, you should wear this crown." They make a garland for him, 
from the forest flowers and, and, and leaves and so forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says, Banye uh, Sajay. Kavala, 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 Vishana Venu, Kavala Beta Vishana Venu. You, you have uh, a, a horn, like from an antelope horn that you blow on. You have um, a stick for herding cows. You have a venu, a flute. Lakshma Shujay. These are your Lakshma Shujay, your beautiful ornaments. Your dis means you are, these are your characteristics. It means you are distinguished. This is the point. Let me answer your question now. You are, you are, they are, you are distinguished. You are set apart. Hmm? Who are you set apart from? Brahma is speaking. Who are you set up? Who is he set apart from? When Brahma was born, he was born from the lotus of Vishnu, coming from his navel like an umbilical cord. He saw Vishnu as his source, right? He thought Krishna. Then he saw Krishna. He spoke to him. And he thought Krishna is the form of Narayan. But now he's seeing it differently. What is it? He said, These, you are so beautiful with that peacock feather. And these gunja berries. Narayan doesn't wear gunja berries. He wears emeralds and uh, gold. And, so and you have this simple forest flower garland. And you have a stick. And a horn. And a flute. And all these things, Lakshmi Shajay, they beautifully set you apart from Narayan. They distinguish you. Mirupade, Pashupangajaya. And your feet, which are very soft and tender, standing before me, Kabula. In your left hand, you're holding yogurt and rice and fruit. And he's describing, he's describing some characteristics of Krishna that are from an aesthetic point of view. Hmm? Separate him from Narayan and arguably make him more beautiful, more accessible, more attractive. In this form, you can be loved like a, he can be loved like a friend. He can be loved like a, like a child. He can be loved like a lover. Narayan, you cannot relate to him like that. He's God. He's God and he is the object of love. And then there's you, the worshiper, and there's a distance between the two. And that distance is crossed when the object is Krishna. Because the love that he can accept is the love that's not like this. It's a love that's like this. Right? <laughs> and kissing him on the cheek, even in Sakyarasa or in Batsali Rasa, so to speak of Madhuri Rasa. So when we look carefully at the Bhagavatam, through the eyes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers, how can we not say that Krishna, as the text itself says, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is the source of the mind. Brahma himself is saying it. Hmm? This is this is the point where he had this epiphany. Krishna is the source of Narayan. He's more beautiful. He's aesthetically, there are aspects to him that we don't find in Narayan and what they translate into is accessibility, hmm. intimacy with with the absolute. That's not possible in the same measure with Narayan. And that's not to slight Narayan, but that's a form of Krishna. So when did this happen? Hmm? This 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 really comes out through the Chaitanya Sampradaya, but it's not an event in time, as I said, because the Bhagavatam is is rooted in the in, in the Shruti itself. Hmm. But over time, as I see different persons reveal, bring out uh, the, the, like the sun on the lotus, making it open and seeing more what's there you know, than you could have seen otherwise. So I would I would attribute this 
to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his, his, his contribution, drawing as he did and his followers did on Srimad Bhagavatam. And when you make the argument, it's almost like, well, wow, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's like, wow, it's just, yeah, I mean, why didn't anybody figure that out? Right. Well, God has his, his way of revealing himself through, through, through different uh, incarnations and sadhus and so forth at his own, own time for that, right? But it's a fact that that, that this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya brought it in our particular paribar or sect family coming from Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and um, uh, in uh, within Gaudiya Vaishnavism has done really I don't want to say more but almost like everything to making this known in the world in the world of scholarship amongst uh, Indologists and so on and so forth my Guru Maharaj's campaign in particular he took it to every yeah, had disciples take his books to every university the Indologists make this argument and so it's it's become huh? it's an acceptable argument huh? it's a change you have to look at these arguments like Shankar came with his 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 Bhashya, his commentary on Vedanta Advaita mm, Vedanta then Ramanuja came and said well I think we should take your Advaita and Vishishta it <laughs> Vishishta Advaita let's nuance that and here's why he's not bringing anything new but he's showing something that was there that wasn't seen previously Look at it from that angle. So, a long answer. Does that help? Yes. Krishna's two Bhagavan's Swayam. Okay, good. So, what else? <laughs> Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Pepe, you, you didn't hear Pepe, but she was very appreciative. I, I had the mute on. Um, I, I can see her. Good. Um, Jai Bhakti Dasi says, Dandavats, uh, my Gurudev, Shila Bhakti Kavi Atulananda Acharya Swami, who took sannyas from Shila Tripurari Maharaj, would like to hear from Shila Tripurari Maharaj about the meaning of the word Kartik, and I will take notes. I guess she's taking notes so that she can share them with Maharaj. I don't know any Sanskrit meaning for the word Kartik. Hmm? You can look it up in a dictionary. Let's say it, it will define it as a particular month. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, that Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, my Siksha guru, related it to Kirtika. Now, he was a Sanskritist. So he, he, I think he's saying that they come from the same root, verbal root. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a Sanskrit word and you look at the verbal root, then you can posit different meanings from the word given that this such and such as the verbal root here we can say this is also being said here aside from what else you may uh, draw from the word mm-hmm. um, I'm not a Sanskrit for that's just kind of a broad uh, explanation or statement about how um, it's interesting how precise and yet how um multi-dimensional Sanskrit as a language is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, precise, there are many words that we can't really define in English and Sanskrit. And those many words have many meanings. <laughs> so it's very precise and very multi-dimensional at the same time. So, um, I, I believe what he meant uh, when he uh, drew the word Kartik and Kirtida Kirtida is the name of Radharani's mother. Kirtida Devi Kijai. Vishubhanu Nandini, she's the son of Vishubhanu Raj, and the daughter, excuse me, of Vishubhanu Raj, and his wife, Kirtida. So uh, he connected the two, Kartik and Kirtida, and in this way he um, underscored the Puranic statement uh, from the Vishnu Purana that this month of Kartik is identified with with Radha. Hmm? Um, 
Kundalini identified the name of the month with the mother of Radha. The mother is giving the daughter, right? To the world. So he made a connection like that. He also, um, what else did he say in this regard? Um, Kartik. Kartik is the month that comes after um, Agrahayana. These months have different names, but uh, Agrahayana is a name for the for the uh, month that precedes that. Excuse me, that follows the Kartik month. And in the Gita, Krishna says, "Among months, I am Agrahayana." So he reasoned that the month that precedes the month that represents Krishna must be a month that represents Radha. Because we say Radha Krishna, Radha Gobinda, Radha Gopina, Radha Maran Mohan, Radha Raman. Um, without Radha, as I said earlier, there's no Krishna. Right? Without that Surup Shakti, Brahman is still. And she is the fullest expression of of the Surup Shakti. And as a result, you can say, Krishna is the fullest expression of Brahman. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I can say to you about the name of the month, Kartik. Shri Bhakti Kaditunana Nanda Maharaj Vijay. What else? Okay, there's actually a follow-up on the first question about uh, whether Krishna can take offense or not. Mohini had a follow-up question on that. Okay. Nandavat Pranam, Guru Maharaj. Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Um, yeah, it was just related to your answer when you said um, that, you know, Krishna doesn't take offense to uh, something against himself, but to his devotees he does. And I wondered whether... Um, that's the same with Lord Nityananda, um, because I just I wondered this for a while actually because it's sort of related to some prayers that I say daily and 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 the, I think I told you about these slippers that I had of Lord Nityananda and I was when I was given them I was asked to put them on my head every day and and pray and but I always thought when I say these prayers I always would pray that he would put them on ev- on ev- everyone's head you know in a kind of maybe like a naive sort of way I don't know or idealistic but then one day recent not so long ago I thought that maybe what if he doesn't want to put them on everyone's head what if what if there are those who might have upset his devotees and so I wondered whether that was the same was the same for him as as for Krishna so you're asking, will Nityananda take offense if someone offends Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? As, as, For example. I suppose, or, or, or a devotee of Lord Nityananda. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, or, or a devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All right. Um, um, Sometimes he's referred to as the Kandaguru uh, Tattva. And what is the other term? Kanda means. There's a term that says he doesn't get angry. Akrota. Akrota? Paramana? Akrota. Akrota. Akrota means anger. Akrota. Akrota. He doesn't get angry. (laughs) The classic example, of course, of this is that he was offended personally by... uh, Jagai and Madai. But he didn't accept the offense. Chaitanya was not offended. He was personally, physically offended. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took offense. But Nityananda Prabhu tried to pacify him and ask him to give a blessing to Jagai and Madai, which he did. Um, so he doesn't accept offense to himself. Apparently, right? Does he accept offense to, uh, if his devotees or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's devotees are offended? Yes, he would, he would take exception to that. Um, um, and I believe there's an example in the Chaitanya Charitamrita also. 
Now it's not coming to my mind exactly. Um, but I believe there's an example. Maybe in the house uh, of um, Krishnadas, when Miniketan Ramdas is offended? That's not the example I'm thinking of, but that's an extended example. That's an example where his devotees, one of his devotees considered that someone else had offended, was offensive towards him, and he took exception. Um, but... Um, uh, Yes, he would take exception to that, but that doesn't mean that you, your prayer is bad. He wanted to not to be you're, you're very merciful, believe you're merciful to everyone, even your offenders. He will he will like that prayer. Thank you. So you don't have to you don't have to worry about that. Or the fine gentleman sitting behind you. Uh, so we have there's there's Prem who you might recognize. He was with us. Okay, in right. Yeah, yes, yes, I remember you, yeah. Uh, Pastor Ian is next to him on the sofa. Amrita Gopal, Krishna Maharaj. Amrita. Right, we've met before. Would you put you to my good Marge, good guy? Right. Yes, okay, we know him. <laughs> all right, well, nice to be with, be with all of you. Sorry, I took so long on a couple of questions, but uh, it was uh, an interesting and inspiring topic. So if we have not had time to answer others, hopefully we'll be able to next week. Go to Premanande. Go to Bhaktivrinda. Ki jai. Jai. Shagur Maharaj. Ki jai. Jai.